there's power in that healing. You know, just because we inherit things doesn't mean that we have to choose to behave that same way. We have the power to create change in our lives. Now, sometimes we get stuck in fear because we don't know what that change will look like. But when we step into it, like shifting the energy helps you step into it. Um, but there, I love when clients feel empowered to create that change in their lives. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening in today to the Confident Mompreneur podcast, the podcast by real women for real women, where we talk about real life difficulties and triumphs as women, moms, business owners, and more. Thanks so much for being a part of our Confident Tribe. Let's get into it. Hi, Kyrie. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So thank you so much for being on today. I'm so excited to talk to you. We've obviously gotten some to get to know each other over the last couple of years, and I just adore you. But for those who don't know you, do you want to start us out by introducing yourself a little bit about you and kind of what you do? Yes, I would love to tell you a little bit about me. And Kiri, thank you for having me here. Um, I love your energy and I love being in your space. And I, it's just such an honor to be with you for a few minutes. My name is Lisa Bailey. And if you follow me on social media, it's Lisa Gale Bailey. And there's a, a little story behind why my middle name's in there. So years ago, when I wasn't even on Facebook and I decided, oh, I kind of want to know what my kids are doing. Um, they set up my account. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's my full name. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have have done that. So on, on my social media accounts, it's Lisa Gail Bailey, but I am, um, I'm a mother of two, um, two grown daughters. And I have two wonderful grandchildren I get to play with and enjoy. My husband and I've been married for about 36 years and he looks like Santa Claus and he really is an authentic Santa. And so, yes, we do have a business that we get to enjoy during um, that season. During the time I was raising my kids, I was a special ed teacher and I taught for 35 years. Wow. And yeah, that's like a whole lifetime, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, but it was a great way for me to be a mom and raise my family because I could be home when they're home and all those fun things. Um, I got into energy healing about seven years ago. And um, it's interesting. I think, you know, when you, I knew at that time I'd found my, my sole purpose. And I always thought it was just being a mom and raising my kids, but I, it just felt like there was, I wanted more than that. Not that that isn't enough, but yet I think I, I know just me, me as a woman, I needed, I just knew there was something else. And so things I'd read, things I've been exposed to people I had um, met were all part of that, leading me up to that path of finding energy healing. And so after I retired, like I knew exactly what I was going to do retirement was just like a joyful time for me where I know some people struggle and I, because they don't know what to do with the rest of their life. And I knew it just felt like, Ooh, this is the second part of my life that I get to play in. And, um, so I did a lot of my stuff out of my home. I had a home office and then, um, I was looking for a space to just host monthly events. And I came across this little studio and I thought, Oh, they won't rent this to me once a month. Who would do that? That's not smart. Or I'd be paying a lot of money every month. And the thought was, Lisa, this, this just will be your studio. And I've never even entertained that thought. So it's interesting how when you open yourself up, up to what's possible, 
other things come into your life that you had no idea were going to be in your life. And it's even better than you thought. Mm -hmm. And so we, we get to celebrate being in here a year next week. Um, we host sound baths. There's two other practitioners that sublease amazing massage therapist and a hypnotherapist. Um, I do online classes and other people rent the space to come in and teach classes. And so it really, for me, it's become a wellness center that is like a gathering place for people that are really interested in holistic healing, whether mm -hmm. it's one-on-one -on -one with a practitioner or small group events. It's, it's not a big space. So our group events tend to be small and intimate, which really is more like who I am. So mm -hmm. it's perfect. So um, that's a little bit about me. I love it. I love that you like knew what you were going to do in retirement. Cause I, I think that is so true. Like people get into that space and it's like, you know, you no longer have your occupation that you've been in for 35 years. You no longer have your kids cause they're grown and kind of doing their own thing. And then you're like lost and don't know who you are. So I think that's so true but I'm so glad that you were able to like find this space and step into it. And I do feel like it's perfect for you. And, you know, you've done so much and had so many opportunities come because you were open to the possibilities. Something I mentioned what's possible. And, and I first heard that with one of my mentors. And um, when you say what's possible, you kind of take the ceiling away of, limiting your beliefs and what comes in your life. And she really taught me that. And so when you think about what's possible in my life, whether it's me or you saying that or anybody else, no matter what part of their life they're in, it just, it allows us to be in that flow of energy. And you and I kind of talked about how you like to have that flow in your conversations. And um, it's like letting go of resistance of something new. Because sometimes we get kind of scared when something new comes in our life because we don't, it's like new energy and new feelings. But if we can just trust what's possible, at least for me, it's been easier to be in flow. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and feel like you're in alignment with yourself. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I think I love that word alignment too. And I use that in my own personal practice, just with me, um, which helps me know whether a decision I've made is, and I don't, and I've let go of good or bad or right or wrong. It's like, because alignment can be just maybe not yet mm -hmm. or not now. And so whether there are practitioners that sublease a space, whether it's somebody else that wants to come in and teach a class, I still need to feel that sense of alignment and that decision. So it's really like alignment to me and the word intentional are very similar in energy. And so when I'm really intentional about who's invited into the space, who participates, um, then that's part of that flow energy of what's possible. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It makes so much sense. So <laughs> how did you originally get into kind of that energy work and holistic healing? What drove you into that? You know, it's interesting because I, I don't know that I was seeking it, but my mom's always given me books to read. And so the books that she, when I have gone back years later and read them again, they, they really talk about energy and energy healing. But at that time in my life, I didn't even key into that. So when I had an experience with the first practitioner, um, one of my coworkers shared an experience that she and her daughter had. And I, by the time she was done, we were both crying. 
And we weren't really close friends. We were great colleagues, but it was such a profound experience. And I told my husband and my daughter, and I looked at my daughter and said, would you like to go? She offers a free half hour session. And we both signed up. And um, after that, like I knew I had found something profound in my life. And you talked about, you know, how nice it is not to be lost when you are retiring. I think we all go through periods of times in our life when we feel a sense of loss or we feel lost. And for me, it, I originally thought I'd found something, but it really was like I was awakened to something that I already knew, but like it was in my subconscious mind. So when I connected to it, it was an alignment. It was, yeah, it just was such a good fit that I knew somehow I would be involved. Um, initially, I was just loving finding a way to heal that I felt went was deeply personal versus just versus the opposite of that. Like, um, I mean, the I love it's all approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's and I love the holistic world, anything that's, you know, and so nothing's off, off limits to me. If it feels in alignment, then I'm willing to look at that. And I just knew this was this was just part of that journey. So it's fun when you allow yourself to be in that space. The people you need, the teachers, they just kind of show up at the right mm -hmm. time. Have you noticed that? Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm pretty sure we were talking about that at the last retreat where we were at because it all felt so like right. The people that were there, the teachers that taught, like it was all just like it fell into place like it was supposed to happen that way. And I feel like if you let it, life often, you know, plays out that way. Mm -hmm. It's like the people you need to support you in your healing or just connections that just become really good friends where you get to have those deep, rich conversations. It's that's a, a part of that, of like what's possible. And that's what flow feels like. You kind of describe flow. And um, because that can mean a lot of different things to people. But when I trust that energy instead of resisting it, then um, things start happening quicker. Mm -hmm. Things start showing up faster. Yeah, that's so fun. I love that you say that it was like something you already had inside you and you just kind of had to like unlock it, um, which kind of leads us into our topic for today. So do you want to talk a little bit more about what you specifically kind of help your clients with and what that looks like? I'd love to. Um, my first, um, the first modality did this somewhat. And then I got into Reiki. And then the third modality that I specialized in is called soul awakening. And that really allowed me to go much deeper in ancestral healing. So think about like if you were like, we're going to use water. So something can be um, wide, but shallow. Okay. And that's not saying those other modalities are shallow. It's just that that's the way the work felt. But when I came into soul awakening, it felt like more narrow and deep which um, I love that because I feel like that gets to the root cause of someone's anxiety, the root cause of a belief or the root cause of like, why do these relationships keep showing up in their lives that are not emotionally available to them? And so ancestral healing is just what it, it sounds like. You really, things come up that, that you inherited. It could be inherited emotions. It could be inherited trauma. And so we all, everybody experiences trauma at some time in their life. And um, 
we also inherit it. And you might think, well, shit, I didn't know that it was going to happen there. But it's just when we get into that, we understand why certain things trigger us. Like, why does this phobia show up in this child when nobody else in the family has had an experience with spiders? Why does this child have a phobia? You can oftentimes trace that back to an ancestor who almost died of a spider bite. And, but it doesn't show up every generation. If it shows up, it doesn't show up the same. And so it just answers so many questions. The part about ancestor healing that I've really learned to appreciate and learn more about is our epigenetics. So I'll preface it with this. You think about, we all have physical DNA we inherit from our parents, right? Mm -hmm. That's why my hair, when I was born, was red. My eyes are blue and, and I won't change those things. I just get what I get. You just got what you got. My kids got my husband's sweat glands and like, dang, mom, why couldn't I get yours? Well, you know what? We don't have a say. We just get what we get, right? And, and that's stored in our cell memory. We also have in our cell memory, our own emotional DNA. So you think about all the life experiences you've ever had. Um, like when I think about the most joyful ones, like the days my kids were born, there's a frequency connected to those memories that are stored in my cell memory. And when I think about like some of the most difficult kinds, those also hold a frequency. And so all of that is stored in our DNA, in our, in our cells. And so that's the emotional DNA, but we also inherit emotional DNA from our ancestors. Hmm. And you're like, nobody told me that. Well, think <laughs> about, about maybe behavior patterns you see in families. Maybe some families are really good at managing money. Other families may like it just seems to slip through their fingers. Um, some have beliefs about money that that it's the root of all evil, right? So there's some religious things that complain to beliefs about money. It, it might be you might see struggles with relationships in family where they just seem to bring in the wrong kind of people. Like, why do I keep attracting people that are just emotionally unavailable or abusive to me? Um Sometimes it has to do with our body length, like our body image, how we feel about our body and weight and things like that. So it can show up in a lot of different ways. And when we understand that, it's not that we're blaming our lineage, but, you know, like three and four generations ago, they didn't have, a. there was just like a, I don't know that they even had a way to heal through things. They mm -hmm. just kind of had to power their way through life. Right. But you and I live in a time when people are so open and there's so many possibilities on ways to heal. And some people go through all the traditional ways of healing and that really supports them. And then they get to a point now, not everybody, but a lot of people I see, they've done everything they can in the traditional sense of healing. And then they keep saying, there's got to be something more for me. Mm -hmm. And that's when they finally look into that holistic realm and they reach out. And so we're able to, through the energy healing session, identify is there like an inherited belief around them not being worthy to have relationships that are that have this um, reciprocity in the exchange of love and respect and honor, or just being emotionally available? Or are there beliefs around money that are just really holding you back? Um, it, it's so interesting. And when that shows up, there's this huge aha moment, like, it's what's kept me stuck. Because oftentimes these people come and they've done a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. They've done a lot of healing. So it's not to say you haven't done enough. It's just, there are layers to our healing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So as what I can do as a practitioner is like, I don't do the healing, but I get to connect to them and their body and their higher power. And then 
be the facilitator to help shift that energy from that low frequency to a higher frequency, which supports the mindset, which supports them trusting themselves more, which supports like when they are really to step into that place of healing, that they trust the next step. Um, whatever their intuitive gifts are, they're more trusting of that. They trust their body more. So they become more empowered as they make decisions about their own health and well-being. But it's just that the epigenetics, that's the way our DNA behaves. So when they understand that they maybe inherited a behavior pattern, it's like, geez, I don't, that doesn't support me anymore. And they want to shift that. So you do a lot of shifting in beliefs too and reframing beliefs. Hmm. So it, there's a lot of power yeah. in that. I love that. I definitely think it helps you take your power back in those situations. I do love that you talk about, you know, the earlier generations really didn't have access to this sort of knowledge or, you know, ability or time to be able to focus on this kind of a healing. But I do feel like the the topic of generational trauma and generational healing has become more widespread and people are really starting to tune into that and work on it. But I do love that you bring in the epigenetics part of it where, you know, I think when people think of generational healing, they're just thinking of maybe like the generation above them or maybe even two generations, but you can like, you know, go back further into their DNA and really say, you know, you maybe didn't see it for these two or three generations, but it's there. It's in, in that DNA. So I love that you're able to do that. Um, and it's so funny that you bring up, you know, how healing that trauma can kind of pull it out of our DNA for, you know, the generations below us too, which is great. We just had a podcast um, about narcissistic abuse and she talked about how she's healing herself from those traumas so that she doesn't pass it on to her children and stopping that, you know, from, from even moving down through the generations from her. So I love that you talk about that so much. There's power in that healing, you know, just because we inherit things doesn't mean that we have to choose to behave that same way. We have the power to create change in our lives. Now, sometimes we get stuck in fear because we don't know what that change will look like. But when we step into it, like shifting the energy helps you step into it. Um, but there, I love when clients feel empowered to create that change in their lives because I don't want them to be with me forever, right? Mm -hmm. But you want them to feel like they understand why, why that's showing up and the power that they have to create change in their lives. That to me, um, that's probably the most wonderful things I get to experience as a practitioner is to support them through that because mm -hmm. um, we we can't we it's not like we're blaming our, our lineage because we inherit this stuff but you're right we have the power now to create that change easier than like our ancestors did you think about women you know two and three four generations back they just they weren't really empowered mm -hmm. and so but yet they still had all the desires and the frustrations being a woman in in their time growing up yeah yeah but I do think even now we still do have a lot of fear around like making those changes, especially when you've grown up in that type of an environment, that's all you know. And it can be very scary to move into something that you don't know. So how do you really take those like fears or limiting beliefs or whatever that you find through that kind of process and really help 
pull it out of them and put in good behaviors or good thoughts? You know, um, during this session, it's like acknowledging that the body, and I when I say that, it, it, you know, it's that connection to the body is so important. There's a lot that comes through intuition, but when I'm connected to the client's body, it's like they, all the answers are within them. So when they gave me permission and we're connected, you know, even though I may intuit things, that's my intuition coming through my filter. I still need to stay connected to their body. And so when we, if if I sense trauma, I don't say, oh, by the way, did you know? Because they haven't verbalized it yet. But when they verbalize it and they're ready to deal with that, that's a whole different energy coming up. And so sometimes it's just acknowledging that the body feels that fear. And then when, when you can, when you acknowledge that with the body, and then you reframe that belief, or you are shifting to a higher belief, then let's say maybe there the emotion of abandonment comes up because everybody seems to just leave them. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so there's this great sense of loss. And so there's a fear of stepping into a relationship again, that might have a higher purpose because they're just going to leave me too, like everybody else has. And so it's just acknowledging that fear in the body and teaching them how to visualize that energy processing through their body and actually leaving. And then when you integrate that higher frequency, it's just having it like you want the body to feel like, yeah, I'm a little bit scared, but I'm ready for change and integrating it. So, I mean, I, I trust their body. And if the body says, this is the emotion we're going to integrate, oftentimes, you know what it is? It's unconditional love. Mm -hmm. You can integrate it, not always, but oftentimes, or just being lovable. And so when that comes in, you understand that the body needs to feel loved and feel safe when they create change. Mm -hmm. Because change can be scary. Like you said, you, you don't know what it's going to be like or feel like. And but the thing, it can't be any worse than what we've been experiencing. But that's comfortable because right. we can predict it, right? But we get to the point that we know I want something better and I deserve something better. So integrating language that's more, and you realize too, that that fear is not connected to who they truly are as an eternal person, as an eternal soul. And so helping them to connect to that eternal part of their nature. And it's interesting because sometimes there's, sometimes there's tears, sometimes there's not, but there's, there's so much quietness that, you know, they're processing a lot here. And so part of that too is, is after that, after that particular part of the session, we have an opportunity to engage in a little bit of a conversation. And it's so important that the body feels like what I'm doing is doable because this is a big leap of faith for me to believe that I'm worthy of something better because it never shows up. How do I know that they're not going to leave too? But you want them to feel that love, that self-love. Like you don't want to be in a relationship where they are going to bring that love to you. You want to love yourself. Mm -hmm. and that's really teaching them that you're worthy of that self-love. I mean, that's where we all really need to heal from, right? And as you feel that, that knowingness that you're worthy of that self-love, you open up to what's possible to have people come in your life that can bring that kind of love in a partnership. Mm -hmm. So it's not like finding somebody that completes you, but it's like you feeling that you're complete and whole. Mm -hmm. And so it's like acknowledging those fears, acknowledging the beliefs and helping them reframe beliefs. And sometimes they might get a belief like, or we might get a, an affirmative decree that states that they're worthy of relationships where 
the other person's emotionally available to them, but they're like, I don't believe that yet. So sometimes we add that at the very end, even though I don't believe it yet, because mm -hmm. that's a way that that feels doable to the body. And that's important because you may have this desire that's a really high frequency in the body's deck, like right here. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the block, right? And as when we add that in, the body's like, ooh, she gets me. That feels better. That feels safer. And then as they become, as their body acclimates to that, and as they use their tools, it's like, yes, I am worthy. I do deserve a relationship. And so you take away that, that thought in the end and say, instead of like, I'm working towards that, yes, I'm worthy of a relationship where people stay because I'm lovable. Mm -hmm. um, excuse me. I need a drink really quick. I can tell I've been talking a lot. You're good. I was just going to say, I love that you talk about, you know, finding a new belief to replace it with that's attainable for you because going from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum isn't really possible, especially when your body's so used to being, you know, self-degrading or whatever it is. Sometimes it's just taking that little step, like, you know, I think that's so important to make sure that we're building things up in an attainable way. Otherwise, I feel like we're going to burn ourselves out and, you know, it's not going to work for us. And then we're just going to be mad about it, you know, like that won't work for me. And it's so interesting. It doesn't happen with every client, but there are times like, especially and whether I see them in person or we're, we're doing something, I call like this, like you can sense that like, they don't believe it. And I'll mm -hmm. say, let's add this at the end. And they're like, Feels it's better. just like you could you could see their body and then we talk about this is the way this belief is now now over time you may start feeling like this and then we tweak it a little bit and then we we do that so it's because I think a lot of people do need the baby steps they need it in increments I know just for me and my own belief in building my business um I remember having coaches say so what's your ultimate goal how many clients do you want a week and so I put it out there without at that time realizing, wow, you know, this takes time to build connections and relationships. I've known people nine months to a year and a half before they'll reach out and say, Lisa, I know it's time for me to work with you, but it it's for them. It took that time, mm -hmm. right? They needed to observe me, spend time with me, interact with me to feel like, yeah, even though I'm still a little bit nervous and I've never trust anybody, Lisa feels trustworthy to me. And so, um, Especially I, for something that, so private and like, you know, intimate. <laughs> it is. It is. And people feel really vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to me to create that, those connections so that when people do decide to work with me, it's, they know it's a safe place to land. That there's no judgment, that that's all left outside, that that doesn't come into the session. Um, like I could even have, let's say I had a woman come that maybe was having an affair. And some people might say, well, you need to tell us you shouldn't do that, Lisa. That's kind of like what society would say, right? Well, I want to get to the root cause of that. Like she may not believe that she's worthy of attracting somebody in her life that recognizes that she is lovable, that she's worthy of that unconditional love that she believes is emotionally available to her. Mm -hmm. And so it's just easier to attract people that aren't because that's the pattern she's gotten used to. It's like helping her learn to love herself is more important than judging a decision that she's made. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And I think that's why there's this, that feeling like this is a, this is a soft place to land. This is a safe place to land. 
because I care about you and the decision you made to be here. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that resonates so much with me because obviously um, we're the confident mompreneur, me and the podcast. And I really, truly believe that confidence and understanding yourself and loving yourself to your, your core at your whole being is truly the way to attract the life that you want, whether that's in the relationships you want, the jobs you want, you know, the family life you want. It all starts with beginning at ourselves and healing and knowing our true selves. Mm-hmm. And like loving that and being okay, this is the way I desire to show up. Mm-hmm. And we, we start caring, like the more we love ourselves, we start caring less and less about what others think because what's more important to us is like, is that in alignment with me? Mm-hmm. And it's not selfish. It's, it, it's really just taking care of you, loving you at that core level you mentioned. And then that allows what's possible to come into your life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Going back yeah. to that, allowing the things in our lives that are supposed to be there, but it has to start with us, right? Mm-hmm. And when we, when we feel empowered to create change, we let go of the fear of that change because we know we want something better. And I think we like say to ourselves, I deserve something better. Mm. Well, and mm-hmm. we've talked kind of about the ancestral healing um, as it pertains to like the ancestors that came before us. But what do you think it does for the ancestors that are going to come after us if we do this work? You know, that's a really interesting question because I think people have different beliefs about it. This is what, this is my own take on that. Now, when I'm with a client, I can sense when their ancestors come. I may not see them, but I can sense, oh, how many are here in a muscle test? There may be three women on her father's side. Interesting, huh? That are Mm -hmm. here to support her. And even if they want me to pass on a message, it's like, you know, I'm not here for you. I'm here for this living person. But you can be here to love her and honor her. Um, and so when, when, when that is healed, they have an opportunity immediately to embrace that. Now, when you think about you as a mom and who comes after you, um, I don't know that it takes place the same way. I know for myself, when I have allowed myself to heal, it creates so much change in me that my family cannot help but see and feel the change of that energy in me. And Mm -hmm. so um I'm less concerned about fixing problems in my family and allowing them to own their own stuff and but I learn to, to support them right to hold space and to be there mm-hmm. but I don't have to be the fixer right if they want my support all they have to do is ask but it's like learning to be that mom that listens rather than giving advice um and I think when when they see you creating change they start asking questions and so it creates this space of having conversations about how do we heal? What supports us? Like if you see your child struggling with emotions, like teaching them how they can learn to manage that emotion, teaching them it's not a bad thing to feel angry. But what are tools? These are tools that mommies use that or that like I could talk to my adult children. This is what I'm using that supports me. It gives them an opportunity to do that as well. And so it just for them, it creates this opportunity of what's possible for me. If that's worked for my mom, can that work for me? Mm-hmm. And then there brings in this, 
this ability to empower ourselves to create the change within us. So what my children work on in their own healing may not be what I'm working on because they have their dad's side too, but they know that there's, there's other ways of that are possible to heal. Um, both my children have used traditional means and they knew there came a point when they were ready for other options, but they had to have that own awareness within them. But when our children see us taking life, um, okay, how do I want to say this? Take the bull by the horns. Like we are really owning our own stuff. They see that. They feel that energy. So it creates opportunities to create change in them as well. I just don't know that it goes in and just switches us, you know, it just like takes that off switch and turns it on <laughs> um, because I don't, you know, for one thing, I'm not connected to them at that moment to see if that energy is shifting, but I think it helps create, like if we cut unhealthy cords, if we, if we get rid of really negative energy in our own lives, it can't help but have a ripple effect in our families. Mm-hmm. in our businesses and the people like in all of our interactions and so I believe as moms no matter how old we get and how old our children are we always have the opportunity to create um ripples of change in their lives but yeah. like not forcing it but just as things come up in conversations you think about the way you you teach your children how to be responsible for their own bodies um how to be responsible for taking care of their teeth and their hair. You know, we teach them, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we can see that there's another way to teach them how to manage their emotions, we want to teach them that too, right? So that they grow up feeling healthier about themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you create that empathy for yourself, it allows us to have, to me, more empathy for others. I think there's less judgment of others when we learn to love ourselves more. Oh, absolutely. I definitely agree. Well, and like you said, kids learn through, you know, seeing us more than the words that we speak. It's the actions that we do is what they learn from. So when we're able to, you know, take care of ourselves, learn to love ourselves, work on that healing for ourselves, our kids are going to notice that, you know, and the tools that we learn, we get to pass on to them. And then every generation just gets a little bit better. (laughs) One of my friends that, um, she's a dear friend, she shared something with me how, like, at nighttime, they've taught their kids how to create, like, a shield, a protection around them. Now, it's not the same as a wall. It's a very different thing than an energetic wall. But it just empowers her kids who are all, like, between, like, 9 and 13, that they're in charge of that. And they get to do things to protect that. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love that. They they learn what stones kind of support like what crystals can support um, protection or just um, supporting you um, just in a variety of things. You know what I mean? But it's like teaching our kids to start trusting the body and their own body and how their body feels. I think that's really important to empower that in our own kids. Yeah, really it is. Well, I think that's so awesome. Um, Do you have any final tips, tricks, tools, anything like that for the woman that's kind of at that point where they've you know, been working on their healing, but they feel like they're kind of something still there that they haven't been able to reach to um, work through anything like that. What advice would you give? Well, um, I thought about like some tips and tricks that we can all use. 
And then I'll address that in a different way too. Um, I know for myself, like keeping my energy system clean, like only, and, and by that I mean is like only own what's yours. If you know, like if your husband or your partner or your child comes home and they've had a rough day, how often do we take that on, especially mm -hmm. for the people we love? So it's learning to just like, you can put your hands on your heart space and say, mm, what's theirs is theirs, what's mine is mine. And you might need to do that five or six times before that shifts. You can still love them, be compassionate, show up for them without owning their stuff. So it's like you're, you're teaching your body. I love my child, but I'm not going to take on their anger right now. And when you can do that and own your own stuff, then in your head, when you really need to know like, okay, am I going to be quiet? What am I going to say? You're more open to that intuition that comes through. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So just like own what's yours. Don't hang on to the energy that's not yours. Um, I think when you stay well hydrated, the body feels better and you're listening more to your body. And I think the more we listen to our body, we follow that intuition that supports our body. I think too, we may get to a point where we've done what we've done and we know it's like, I've known when I've needed to reach out to somebody, like they're five women, they're like my go-to for different things. And um, when some of the news come in my life, I know that. And I'm drawn to her. And it's usually women. Um, I think we're natural nurturers. And I just tend to, to draw more to women in the in the holistic field. But um, have an experience with them. And so, because sometimes, Kiri, we are so connected to the outcome of something emotionally that we're, we can't be objective about something. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? And so when we meet people we trust in the holistic world or even your traditional support, um, it's trusting that we found the right person that's a good fit for us. Mm -hmm. And when we trust they're a good fit, <clears throat> it makes it easier to show up each time. It makes it easier to be empowered to create the change we want. So sometimes it's just knowing who do I reach out to? Mm -hmm. And most people in our, in our field, they do have free discovery calls, which is something I do too, because people, they don't know if they want to invest money and time with you. But if you offer a free discovery call, they have an experience then they can leave that thinking, yeah, she's the right fit mm -hmm. or he's the right fit, or maybe they're not the right fit and be okay with that. Yeah. But knowing for yourself, you know, and bringing the right types of people and right types of energy into your lives is so important. Yeah, it is. Well, trusting that, like the more we heal us, the more we trust the intuition and we, we start trusting the way it shows up and we can see other ways it shows up which is also more empowering, I think, as we make decisions about our own wellness, about our own health, whether mm -hmm. the health is physical, emotional, spiritual, all of that. Yeah, that's so true. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I think this was so helpful. And I always just love talking to you. I think you're just a wealth of knowledge and such a light. Oh, so I love being around you. Um, do you want to share where we can find you? Um, all of the programs or events that you have going on, share all the things. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, if you want to follow me on Facebook, it's Lisa Gail Bailey. And I also have a group that, um, now that Lisa Gail Bailey is just my personal page, but I do have one called Living with Wholeness with Lisa Gail Bailey, because that's a, like kind of a private group. There's a lot of content that I share in there. And, um, that's really She's always doing lives and a whole bunch of different mm -hmm. stuff. She shares a lot of good stuff in there. 
Oh, thank you. Um, on Instagram, it's Living With Wholeness. And I do a live on there too. So oftentimes they're, they're a similar message, but every now and then I don't because it's like, nope, this is a different audience. This is what you need to share. So that's my intuition. <laughs> um, I am right now I am starting, I'm going to start a new class in two weeks. And it's one that I did in the spring and it's the summer class. And it's, we're, we're talking about tools. I mean, who doesn't like tools that you can pull out and use all the time, right? And so they're tools that really help us get out of our head and into our body to trust the body. So we're going to be working on muscle testing on EFT, which is tapping. We're going to be talking about trusting your spiritual gifts and the way they show up. And part of like keeping your energy system clean, which we'll talk about as well, is trusting when those intuitive thoughts come. Because sometimes we're like, oh, did I just make that up? Or was that in my intuition? Mm -hmm. And when we learn to own it, that doubt really dissipates. We're going to be talking about two how to manage your triggers and emotions. So if they want to go onto my website, there's more information there about the class or they can just reach out to me at lisa at livingwithwholeness.com. That really is my website. I mean, my um, my Gmail address that really, it's kind of filtered, right? So that just mainly people I give that to can reach me there. So it's lisa at livingwithwholeness.com. Okay. If they have questions about the class or if they have questions about working with me, that would be a great way to reach out. Perfect. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being on. I appreciate you. Thank you, Carrie, for inviting me. I appreciate that very much. Y'all, wasn't that just incredible? Thank you for being here with me today. And if you loved this episode, please leave us a review and share and tag us on all your socials. We'll see you next time.